And welcome to Bible Studies for Life for Adults. I am Lynn Pryor, and joining me is... Chris Johnson. Yeah. Good to be with you today, Lynn. Yes, and we are uh, talking today about the study, Holy, Holy Vocabulary, and specifically the session on salvation. So we're glad you joined for uh, Chris and I for this, but we are not alone. Joining us via phone is Jordan Easley. Jordan, glad you took the time for this. Hey, I'm fired up to be a part of it, man. You guys are doing a great job, and it was a... A privilege to be a part of this important study. Well, thanks. And uh, Jordan, of course, this uh, uh, is a great study that you've written for us, but you're more than just a writer for Bible Studies for Life. Tell uh, tell us uh, about what your work, your role there at uh, First Baptist Church Cleveland. I've been at, uh, the senior pastor at First Baptist Cleveland now for a little over a year and a half, and we are uh, just right in the middle of just a, a really fun season. God's blessing our church, and getting to see a lot of exciting things happen, a lot of people coming to know Jesus, a lot of disciples are being made, and uh, we're just seeing God do some things that, uh, that that we didn't even see coming, but He's just blessing in great ways. And we're fired up to just be a small part of it here in East Tennessee. Great. A study like this on Holy Vocabulary is good for new believers, so we want to help you and others understand some key Bible words. And we want to take it from the perspective that not everyone understands words like salvation, which is our key word today. We're going to look at other biblical words. And Jordan, I was impressed as I read your work at what an excellent job you did with uh, just explaining these types of words in a way that uh, most people can understand. Very, very beneficial. So when we talk about salvation, we realize that something's wrong. And one of the questions that is asked in our personal study guides is, when have you been happy for someone to step in and fix something that you couldn't? (laughs) Now, for me, that's automobiles. I automatically call my brother-in-law, Lee, who lives in Florida, and say, hey, man, this is what my car's doing, or this is what what the guy at the shop says. What, What do you think? Because I don't know anything about it. Yes, I, I'm the same way. I had a midlife crisis a while back, and I bought a 66 Mustang. Uh, and the problem was why I didn't keep it long is, number one, it was a gas guzzler, a huge gas guzzler. But also, I was always having to call friends. Hey, uh, what do I do about fixing this? I, I did good at opening the hood, though. I did master very opening good, the hood. Very good, very good. But, yeah, there's some things we just we just can't do on our own. And that's the focus of this study that Jordan has written for us as we talk about salvation. We're going to let's just we're going to drive on this as we talk about salvation, that Jesus, Jesus made it possible to be righteous before God. Now, that's critical. So look at this. We're going to be in Romans chapter 3. And, and Jordan, I'm going to, I'm going to pull you into this conversation here. But we're going to start in verse 20. Let me just read this very quickly for us. For no one will be justified in his sight by the works of the law, because the knowledge of sin comes through the law. And then now I'm going to skip down to verse 22. The righteousness, excuse me, the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all believe, so there is no distinction. There is a key word here that's justification. Yeah, that and that's a huge word for us to lock in on. You know, I, I got a phone call this morning from somebody, a member of our church, and they didn't mean anything by this, but but they called me and said, hey, I've got a friend at work that they're lost, okay, which is another one of our, our terms that we're going to be talking about. But they said they're lost, and I want to know if you have some time this afternoon where you could have them come to your office and you could talk to them 
and you could save them. <laughs> and, and when they said that, you know, I mean, that's just terminology that the world wants to use. Can I bring my lost friend to my preacher friend and can he save them? And my, sure. my response to that was, listen, I can make time for them in my schedule and I can share with them the gospel, but I can't save anybody. Yeah. We, we think that to some extent we can be saved by something other than Jesus. There's something out there that we could that, that we can do. There's a certain amount of money that we can give. There's there's a certain amount of good things that we can do where at the end of our life, the good outweigh the bad. And if we can just accomplish those things, then certainly this loving God is going to save us. And yet the Bible says that there's only one way to be saved. First Timothy said there's one mediator between God and man. It's the man Christ Jesus. And so Jesus says it himself, John 14, 6, you know that scripture, he said, I am the way. So you want to know what the way to God is, it's through Jesus. And through Jesus, we can be justified. And that, that word justified there in verse 20 says, for no one will be justified in his sight by the works of the law. In other words, there's nothing that you can do that's going to make you justified before God. See, that's a great term that we're trying to identify today. When I hear the word justified, here, here's what I think. I think it's just as if I have never sinned. Sure. So when God looks at us because of a relationship with Jesus, because of him sacrificing for us, atoning for us, now we appear before God, even though we are sinners, when we're saved by grace through faith, it is as if we're standing before God, just as if we have never sinned. And so, you know, that leads into another word, which is righteousness and being seen as righteous in the eyes of God. But God's word shows us what that looks like. It's, it's as if he has completely covered our sins. This is as if our sins have been erased. And now instead of God looking at us as sinful people, God looks at us and sees nothing but the, the purity and the righteousness of his own son. And so we are justified before God. It's just as if we had never sinned in the first place. And Jordan, as I look at this passage, what you just said jumps out at me. Yet I saw a study recently that said even people who know they're supposed to trust Jesus for salvation still expect there's something they have to do also. Yes, Jesus died to save them, but there's something they have to do. And uh, that just kind of flies in the face of this. So I'm thinking, as we're talking about this in our groups, let's not assume everybody automatically understands, uh, as you described, justification. There is absolutely nothing we need to do. You know, it's human nature to think that we need to do something. The idea of atonement is is a foreign idea in most of our minds. But like I said, like I said in that in this study, though, that word atonement, you know, it, it does involve one or more than one party. It always involves two parties. It's restitution for wrongdoing. And the illustration I gave was a very simple one. You know, when you talk about atonement, I think about the story of my daughter. My daughter, when she was much younger, we were in one of those shops that says, if you break it, you buy it. And you <laughs> know what? She broke it. All right. And so when she broke it, they came to my daughter and this lady was looking at my little girl as if to say, you need to give me some money to pay for the item you broke. And that's when, that's when I stepped up as the dad, realizing my daughter doesn't have what it takes to pay for that broken item. So I paid for the item. You know, so in our minds, we feel like, well, well God's done, he's done enough to save me, but, but I need to kick in a little bit. You know, it's like looking sure. at my four-year-old daughter saying, hey, I need, 
you need to chip in like 11 or 12 bucks if we're going to make this happen. Right? But that's, that's not what I said. As the dad, I looked at her and I said, hey, guess what? I got this. I've got it. You're good. You don't owe a nickel. Me as your dad, I'm paying the entire tab to make sure you can walk in freedom from this point forward. And that's the picture of atonement. Man, when I think about salvation, it's not because of what the things I've done. It's because of the things that Jesus did on my behalf. He is the Father who, who atoned for every penalty and every debt that we would ever have. And he did it with his own life and his own blood. And because of that, we can be seen as righteous in the eyes of God. That's good. That gets us right into really the next verse that we're studying. That's Romans 3.23. And for many of us, I don't even have to read this. When I say Romans 3.23, granted, for a lot of us who've grown up in the church, we automatically know that verse. But it was a long time. I think I was an adult before it really caught on that there's a verse 24 after that. And those two verses go together. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So I've been stunned, I think, over the past several years at the number of people who struggle with that, that whole, I think in the church we think, we, we, we hear or read Romans 3.23, all have sinned, and just automatically know that that's the case. So I guess I'm a little surprised to, to, to hear and to discover that there are people who don't have any idea that they have ever done anything wrong or that they have sinned. Uh, Jordan, uh, talk to us a little bit about redemption. When, when I think about redemption, here, here's, here's the picture that pops into my mind. Because of what Jesus did for me, I'm able to gain possession of something that I could have never owned if my debt were still there. Because, But when he erased my debt once and for all, and redeemed me, it allowed me to take ownership of something that I never had the right to in and of my own self. So when you think about salvation and redemption, being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, which is just a crazy Christian term, being <laughs> redeemed by the blood of the Lamb is one of the most important things we could ever learn. And that is because of what Jesus did, it, he erased our debt, enabling us to take ownership of something that we could have never taken ownership of if he wouldn't have done what he did in the first place. So because of the cross, you and I can have access to abundant life. Because of the cross, you and I can have access to an eternity in heaven. Because of the cross, you and I can be sons and daughters of the one true king. Without the cross, none of that's possible. And so that's what I think of in redemption. When he redeemed us, he made a path for us to acquire something that we could have never acquired if the debt had remained always amazed at that word redemption, uh, knowing that some of its uh, root uh, understanding is that it is a term that came out of the, the slave market. Sure. It was the price paid for a slave to be set free. And that's exactly what Jesus has done for us. He has paid the price for our sins so that we can be set free from our sins. It's good. So really what remains for us I mean, as we've seen here, Jesus did it all, period. But the one thing that remains for us is just to embrace it and to trust that truth. You look at, uh, look at verse 25, that God presented him, talking about Jesus, God presented him as an atoning sacrifice in his blood, received through faith. And our role is to embrace that, to see God really did this for me, and just to trust that. So what you're telling me is you can't be saved unless you have faith. 
Is that what you're? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> that's exactly right, man. Yeah, so and true. how crazy is it that, as simple as that is, it's probably the hardest concept for us as human beings to actually embrace. That that we that we have to take a step of faith and believe God and trust God in order to accept a gift that he is willing to give us today. Right. I mean, Jordan, it goes, it goes back to what you were saying earlier, that there is something in us that feels like I have to have a role in this. There's got to be something I do. No, Jesus did all the doing. We just have to do the believing. Right. And the reason that's so hard to understand is, is really, I mean, name one other thing in the world where that's the truth. Name other, I mean, name one other thing in our life where, where that's all it takes where somebody else pays the entire tab and nothing that, and you don't have any stake in the game. You know, that's such a foreign concept for us. You know, we grow up hearing there's no such thing as a free lunch. Well, that's true. Even if somebody else pays the tab, somebody paid the tab, you know, and most of the time when somebody pays the tab, there's an expectation that you're going to kick back over here or you're going to contribute over there. So we grow up with this idea that, man, if we're going to acquire something, ultimately, it's going to cost us something. And what Jesus says is, if you want to acquire the greatest gift you could ever acquire, then all it's going to cost you is faith. You're going to have to believe in me. You're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to make me the Lord and Savior of your life. You're going to have to give me everything that I'm asking for. But the price has already been paid. The tab has already been paid. And so it's a foreign concept for most of us. And yet it's also the greatest story ever told. Right. And so that's what we keep really want to keep circling back to is we talk about this uh, with others in our group, that Jesus is the one who made it possible for us to be righteous before God. Good, good word. So important uh, biblical theological terms, uh, righteousness, atonement, salvation, uh, all of these words are, are dealt with um, redemption. Uh, in this study, and uh, hopefully we can can talk about them in a way that will help uh, believers who have been in church all their lives who may not understand the the uh, the depth of these words. And we can we also need to keep in mind that person who just does not have any idea uh, about these biblical words. Jordan, you get the last word. The last word is we've all been saved by grace through faith. And God has given us, he's given us a roadmap to understanding what he did on the cross. And at the end of that road, my friend, is I think like the end of the rainbow. It's, it's a treasure. <laughs> and God gave us a treasure in his son. And because of what Jesus did for us, we can be redeemed. We can be justified. And we can be saved once and for all. And yet God doesn't just save us to save us. He saves us to use us. And so as a child of the king, I think it's great to be reminded that not only do we need to understand the concepts of these terms, but we need to be willing to share these terms and to speak truth into the lives of the people that we encounter and to share with them the hope we have in Jesus Christ. And so I'm just reminded today that, man, these terms are important to me, but God's given me this understanding so that I can share it with somebody else. And so that would be the last word is to take what the Lord Mm. is teaching you today and share it with somebody this week. That's thanks, good Jordan. stuff. We really appreciate you being with us today, and thanks for writing uh, all of this series on Holy Vocabulary. Fantastic job. Uh, hope that people are having the opportunity to pick this up and be in groups where they talk about these critical key words uh, 
about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Just a moment, I'm going to share with you uh, a tip uh, that will, for those of you who are teachers or leaders of, of groups, uh, but first, Lynn's got a, a word to say about Biblical Illustrator. Yes, and I think Biblical Illustrators, I think the one magazine that Lifeway puts out that not many people know about, but it's, I think it's the best thing we do magazine-wise. It is phenomenal. Biblical Illustrator is, just, is a collection of articles that tie to build biblical backgrounds, uh, key words. It goes uh, into incredible depth. And, of course, the photography in it is phenomenal. But what Biblical Illustrator offers you is uh, every three months it comes out. Now, some of the articles are specific to uh, other curriculums, Explore the Bible, Gospel Project, but there's a a selection of articles in there that are specifically tied to what we're studying, Bible Studies for Life. For instance, there is a study on faith uh, based on the Book of Romans. What does the Book of Romans tell us about faith? And it ties to this session about salvation that we're talking about. Now, the beauty of these articles are, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not using those other Bible study resources, but the articles are still rich for whoever, whoever picks it up and reads it. It is a phenomenally great magazine with some rich depth and great color photography to it. So I would just encourage you to pick up a copy uh, and look at it for yourself, and you'll see some articles that will really help you even go to a deeper level with these studies. All right, real quick as a leader, I want you to be aware that a lot of the Bible Studies for Life personal study guides um, have, uh, especially on a session like uh, the one we're talking about today, uh, will give you key words, will where it will give you explanation of those words right after the scripture uh, is printed. Then we also, in some of our resources, have a, a um, digging deeper feature, which is the opportunity to go deeper on a specific word or idea. In the study that we're talking about this week, the digging deeper is on redemption. It's a word study on the, on the word redemption. So that's uh, it pulls out that idea of uh, that salvation, uh, redemption is a word that comes uh, from from the slave market, and it's the, of the payment paid to, to set someone free. So it helps for the person in the class, but it's also helped for you to to use that and to point the people in your groups to the Digging Deeper feature. Good idea, Chris. Appreciate that very much. And appreciate you joining us for this podcast. And Jordan, again, thank you for taking the time to meet with us in your busy, busy schedule. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. Okay. And uh, I hope you all have a great Bible study this week. We'll see you next week.